This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. If you would please turn with me in your Bibles tonight to the book of Matthew. I'm going to read a portion, and then I've asked my wife, Carol, to come and read a portion as well. Beginning in chapter 1, verse 18. Matthew, chapter 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east from Jerus- to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this He was very disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, They went on their way, 
and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I'd like us to take some time to think about these wise men tonight. It's quite interesting, some of the facts about them. How many wise men were there? The truth is, we don't know. It is assumed that there were three because there were three gifts. But there's no mention of how many wise men actually came to see Jesus. Where did they come from? We don't know for certain exactly where they came from. How long did their journey take? We don't know that either. We're not sure how long they traveled to reach their destination. They seem to show up quite mysteriously in the story, and they just as mysteriously are gone off the scene. But these wise men knew what they were looking for. They knew who he was prophesied to be, the king of the Jews. They knew when because they saw the star. The wise men weren't as interested in the star as they were what the star pointed to. And as we consider our lives, we hopefully desire to be wise men and women. Oftentimes in the things that we do on a regular basis, there are so many of the details of our lives that are mundane. Things that can take up our time on a regular basis that we could seem to do without. In the middle of our lives, we have specific moments that stand out more than others. And here we see these men, these wise men, who came to see the Christ child. They are spoken of here in this portion of scripture. Not much else is spoken of about them. But they came at a very important time because they were willing to be alert to the signs of the times. You and I are living in a day where there are signs of the times all around us. It may not be the sign of the first coming of the Messiah as Emmanuel, God with us, because that happened 2,000 years ago. But we see signs, rather, all around us of the coming of our Messiah for the second time. And just as the wise men were alert to be looking for the star, when many others missed the sign, 
so may we be always alert and spiritually sensitive to pick up on God's communication to us about what is happening all around us in the closeness of the second coming of our Messiah. Wise men and wise women still seek the Lord. For us to be wise, there are some important components, and I'd like to talk about those for a minute. Knowledge. It is important for us to have knowledge of what we're looking for. The wise men knew what they were looking for. They knew who he was prophesied to be. And so they were willing to step out of their homeland and their comfort zone to go to a place uh, to be able to visit the Messiah and his arrival. Oftentimes the things that are important to us are determined by some type of sacrifice that we are going to have to pay to be able to demonstrate that that is important to us. When the wise men came to see Jesus, the Christ child, they came bearing gifts. And those gifts represented specific things. Gold was given as a gift and it represents wealth. It was a gift fit for a king because in reality Jesus was indeed the king, the king of kings. You may recall when Jesus was crucified, uh, there was a sign that was placed above him which said king of the Jews. And the Jews were very upset about that sign and they asked that it be changed to simply state he said he was the king of the Jews. And the response was, what I've written, I have written. Prophetically, Jesus Christ was coming to this earth as the king of the Jews. And these wise men, they honored that prophetic word by bringing a gift that was fit for the recipient the son of the living God, they brought gold. Frankincense is a sap of a tree that was dried and hardened and used as incense to worship God. We see it as a gift for him as the son of God, deity. But when Jesus came into this world, he did not come as a normal person would for when the message came to Joseph, do not be afraid because the child that is within Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit. This was an unusual child because the spirit of the living God had come upon Mary and he would be born because God himself through the Holy Spirit had placed the child within Mary's womb. The third gift is myrrh. It's a fragrant perfume that was used to anoint those who had passed on, to embalm and to preserve them. Even in the gift at the birth of the Christ child, we see the prophetic significance 
that Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God that would be slain for the sins of the entire world. Jesus was the sacrificial lamb. So we see that as the king of kings, he received a gift of gold. As the son of God, he received frankincense. And as the sacrificial lamb, he received myrrh. So these wise men came and they brought very appropriate gifts for the Christ child. But more than simply knowledge, these wise men also had faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 that it is impossible to please God apart from faith. Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. And that's from the message version. These wise men were not simply going to see a spectacle, but rather they were coming to see the Son of the living God. There are all kinds of external things that can happen in our world that can draw people's attention simply because it is different, because it's exciting, because it's bright, because it draws attention. We had the opportunity, my uh, parents-in-law and our family, we went to see uh, Bright Nights and drove through uh, the whole place down in Forest Park. And what a beautiful display of lights and uh, various things that were so well done. And uh, there were so many cars that were there to see this beautiful display of these lights and all the wonderful work that was done in preparing it. But on the night that Jesus was born, he was of more value than any wonder of the world that exists. And yet there was no traffic jam to come and see the Christ child. Because it takes faith to approach God. God was not intending to put up a huge billboard... For those who did not have faith. But rather he used a star. So for those that believed. They would pick up on the sign. And they would come. But they would come with a purpose. The wise men they knew. The wise men had faith. But the wise men came to worship. They came with a purpose. Herod was very interested in finding out where the Christ child was. The wise men came to speak to Herod. And Herod said, oh, be sure that you find him and come back and tell me where he is. He said, because I want to worship him too. And yet the spirit of the living God revealed to the wise men in a dream, don't go back to Herod, but go and leave another way. Because God wanted to preserve his son. And God knew very well that Herod had no interest in worshiping Jesus. The star was there. What do you think Herod saw? The truth is, is that some things can be right in front of our face. And without the eyes of faith, we see nothing. These 
wise men came to worship. They brought him their gifts and they came to honor him. 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24 says, and these are the words of the psalmist David, I will not offer to my Lord, the Lord my God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The greatest gift that you and I could ever give to the Lord is ourselves. We are not waiting for Christ's first coming any longer. But we are waiting for his second. And it could even happen tonight. The Bible tells us that in the twinkling of an eye, that we who are alive and remain will be caught up to be with the Lord. We are awaiting the second coming of the Lord. And those who are wise will see the signs of the times and be prepared. But until that day comes, that moment arrives when our Messiah comes back for us the second time. Not to be on the cross any longer, but rather to redeem us from this sin-filled world. And to bring us to a place that he said he is preparing for us. So that where he is, we can be also. What a great hope that is. No matter what you and I go through, we have a blessed hope. The story of a man named William Carey. He was a shoemaker. And one day he heard of the millions of people in the country of India who had never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And he believed the commission was to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. He believed that that verse was speaking specifically to him, so he volunteered to go to India as a missionary. And when he approached those in leadership to see whether he could go, the response to him was, young man, you sit down. When God wants to convert the heathen, he'll do it without your help. And Carrie knowing that God had called him, went anyway, supported himself in the trip, and for seven years he worked in India without seeing one convert to Christ. But by the end of his life, he saw hundreds of churches and thousands of converts in the country of India because he was willing to take a step of faith. Because he knew that the Messiah was coming back again. And he wanted to be busy about his father's work. So that he would be faithful. Today, William Carey is known as the father of modern missions. Because he was a man of faith. Like the wise men... 
William Carey was willing to go. I think sometimes in our lives we can get so settled where we are. And yes, we get settled in a location. And we feel comfortable with the places that we're familiar with. But also we can get comfortable in a spiritual spot where we don't grow to the next level because it takes fighting new battles. And I want to tell you tonight that God desires for you to be useful in his kingdom. Just as the wise men were able to be at the right place at the right time, it didn't happen accidentally. They had to go out of their way. They had to plan ahead with the proper gifts. Tonight, we are celebrating the birth of our Lord in this Christmas Eve. And I think myself, oh God, I think of shopping for my family and getting them gifts to demonstrate that I think about them, I love them, and you pick out not just any old gift, but hopefully you look for something that is going to be uh, something that brings joy to the person's heart, something that is useful, something that is a blessing. So when I think of what I'm going to offer to the Lord this Christmas. Well, what could the Lord use? Well, he owns, let's see. I think he owns everything. Be kind of hard to shop for someone who owns everything. So what could we really give to the Lord tonight? Even though God owns everything, he cares very little about most of the stuff. What he really cares about is you. To answer the question, what can I give God tonight? The answer is simply this, yourself. God wants your heart. And he won't take it from you. If you don't offer it. He simply says, if you are willing, I would like to come in and to develop a relationship with you in your heart. Many here tonight have known Jesus for years. But maybe you walked in this place tonight. And maybe you have never taken the step to ask Jesus to come in and to make him the Lord of your life. I want you to know, my friend, Jesus did not come to this earth to set up a tradition of beautiful lights to be put on houses. That was not his main purpose for coming to this earth. He did not mainly come to this earth so that Christmas songs or carols would be sung in the mall as you shop for gifts. That was his not, not his primary reason, although those are neat things. But the main reason he came is because of you. And he wants every one of us to be ready for his second return. Are you ready tonight? You can be. You can't be ready 
by doing it on your own, but you can be ready by allowing Jesus, who came to this earth to die on the cross, who gave his life for you, who said it is finished when he died because he had paid the price for my sin and for yours. That's why Jesus came to the manger. That's what it's all about. And if God were to unwrap a gift under a tree tonight that would really make him happy, it'd be your heart. Because he was willing to die for it. He loves you that much. Could we close ourselves in with God for a moment? I want to ask you tonight, Have you ever given your heart as a gift to God? And in return, received from him the free gift of salvation, pardon for all of your sin. Your shame no longer has to be a part of your life because he nailed it all to the cross. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad you have been. It doesn't matter how good you think you are. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we all need the gift of salvation. If you're in this room tonight, I have good news for you. If you've never given Jesus your heart before, God has given you breath. Your heart is beating. Your lungs are breathing. And you have an opportunity to be able to say, God, I voluntarily surrender my heart and my life to you. If we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead to pay for our sins and then to come alive so that his Holy Spirit can live inside of us. If you believe that tonight, and if you're willing to stop living a life of disobedience to God, and you're willing to say, God, I'm willing to surrender my life to you. I want a fresh start. If that's you, would you simply raise your hand right where you are tonight? If you'd like to say, I want to give God the gift of my heart this evening. If that's you, I'd love to pray with you. You can simply slip up your hand right where you are. And as a step of faith, God will receive the gift that you have to give to him tonight. Is there anyone tonight that would like to text Take that step of faith and offer your heart to the Lord. Oh, I sincerely hope with all of my heart that every single one of you in this room are ready to meet Jesus. And now if you're in this place and you would like to, as it says in Romans chapter 12, offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God. Oh, you've already committed your life to him. You're walking with him. You are uh, seeking to obey him in all that you do. 
If you tonight want to say, God, I just want to reaffirm my commitment of all of my heart, every part of my mind, my being, my body, my spirit, every part of me, I offer it to you as a sacrifice that in the coming year that I will serve you and make you happy throughout all of 2017. If that's you, and if you're willing to say, Lord, I give you myself a fresh and a new, kind of like renewing my commitment, my vows to you, oh God, to serve you with every part of my life. Right where you are, would you stand with me? And I'm already standing, so I stand with you. Because I want to do that for 2017. I want to surrender God my all. I want to surrender to him my all. Spirit of God, speak to our hearts tonight. May what we do be an expression of something deep down in our heart. May not one person stand in this room just because someone else stood. But may they stand of their own free will to say, God, I make this conscientious choice to give myself fully to you. God, would you receive our offering tonight? May we be, may we be some of your most precious gifts under the tree this year. May you find joy in using us this year. Father, I pray for every man and woman, boy and girl that has stood in this place. And in the authority of the name of Jesus, I pray that you would bless them. Bless them with your peace. Bless them with your joy. Give them supernatural vision that they'd be able to see, like the wise men, the signs of the times all around us so that we will not be lazy in our work for the kingdom of God. I pray that you would give us a fresh vision of the lost, that we will see those who are in need of salvation and that we will share the message of the gospel with them. I pray that you would give us courage, give us boldness, and like the disciples in the book of Acts, may in our own neighborhoods and in our settings, may we see the world turned upside down for the glory of God. And I pray that the light of Jesus Christ will shine through us so brightly so that, Father, when you do send your Son back, that we will be found busy about your business. We surrender ourselves to you. Use our hands, use our minds, use our bodies. We ask that you would guide and direct us through the coming year so that we will hear those words when we see you face to face. Well done, my good and faithful servants. Welcome into the joy of your Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.